Hey, this is Todd and Julie Mullen, senior pastors here at Christ Fellowship Church in South Florida. Whether you're across the street or across the world, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy week to join for this message. We hope that it encourages you and inspires you to get more out of life. and I love Christmas. And one of the favorite things we love to do this time of the year is go out and look at all the beautiful lights on all the houses. Yeah, I remember when our son Jefferson was little, we would load up in the car and we would go find the best neighborhoods. And there was this one neighborhood up in Jupiter where it seemed like everybody was in this fierce competition to outdo their neighbor's decorations. There was this one house that had installed this hydraulic pole that made it look like Santa and the reindeer were constantly circling the house. It was Jefferson and I's favorite one to see. But all the decorations and every light on every house is there to point to the light that we celebrate at Christmas, Jesus Christ. Yeah, it was at the darkest moment in history that God sent His Son Jesus into the world to push back the darkness. And so every light on every house and every light on every tree is there to remind us of Him. And every Christmas song that you hear tells of this one amazing story. The story of God's amazing grace on full display at Christmas. Which brings me to another one of my most favorite things this time of the year. It's it's Christmas caroling. Actually, I think I'm gonna go join the carolers. You got this, babe? Sure. All right. Hey, go ahead, hey go guys, for it. what are we singing? Come on. Can I join in? Yeah. yeah. Let's sing together. Silent night. Todd sure loves those Christmas carols, but who doesn't, right? You know, but every year it's so easy to become so familiar with the story that they tell that we can miss out on the message. You know, most of us know the Christmas story of Mary and Joseph in the stable, of shepherds and wise men that traveled from the East. But this story is so much more than a fable or a fairy tale. It's the story of real people like you and me encountering a real God on that first Christmas night in Bethlehem. You know, it can be so easy for us to reduce Mary to this picture on the front of a Christmas card or a figurine in a nativity set. But Mary, she was a real teenager with a real reputation, real parents, and a real fiance that was trusting her to be faithful to him. And she had really big plans to be married and had already secured her future with Joseph. But all of her plans were interrupted when the angel Gabriel showed up to tell her that she had been chosen by God to carry the hope of the world into the world. Mary, of course, was so confused and it says that she was deeply troubled. This was so unexpected. Everything she had planned for her life, everything that she had dreamed of was changing. And I think this is why some of the first words out of Gabriel's mouth were, don't be afraid. See, I don't know of anything that evokes more fear, more than when something unexpected happens and you can't see your way through to the other side. Maybe it's a a doctor's report that you weren't expecting or a breakup that, that you didn't see coming. Or maybe for you, it's the person that's missing at the Christmas table this year, and you can't see how it will ever be the same without them. You know, I remember several years ago when an unexpected curveball hit our family, 
and I could not see a light at the end of the tunnel. And fear started to set in and, and I started asking questions like, God, are you hearing my prayer? Because I can't see a future beyond what I'm feeling right now. And in one of our darkest moments, we decided that we just needed a change of scenery. So we took our son Jefferson to the beach. And normally I would never encourage you to get your theology from a t-shirt on the beach, especially here in South Florida. But on this day, an angel showed up. Not really. It was just a regular guy in a t-shirt. But on that t-shirt was a message that said, listen to what you know, not to what you fear. And it was a message for me that day. Nothing actually changed in that moment, but something shifted because I realized that even though we didn't know what the future would hold, we did know the one who holds our future. See, what is unknown to us is completely known to God. There is nothing that He doesn't know. So while the future is unknown to you, it is known to God. So as you step into what seems unknown, God is right there. He's waiting on us, with us every step of the way. And see, when Mary, she faced the unknown, it was actually Gabriel's words that gave her the courage to say yes to God's plan, even when all her questions weren't answered. The message that Gabriel delivered to Mary on that first Christmas is actually an invitation for you and for me to be a part of this greater story. Look at these words we see in Luke chapter one. It says that God is with you. So what is unknown or unexpected to you is fully known and expected to him. Nothing catches him by surprise. Look at this second verse. It says that you have been chosen by God for a purpose. And like Mary, a purpose-filled life does not mean a problem-free, perfect life. What it means is that, that in whatever situation you're walking in, you can give your unexpected and your unknown future to Him. And when you do, you will actually experience the power and the presence of Emmanuel, God with us, God with you. See, when Mary said yes to God's plan and stepped into her purpose to carry the hope of the world into the world, she had no idea of all that was waiting for her on the other side of that yes. Christmas story reminds us that when things are unknown, that we can trust the God who knows what we don't, who sees what we cannot see. Joseph had to step into the unexpected and into the unknown as well. Think about it, the girl that he was engaged to tells him about an angel showing up with a message from God, and now she's pregnant. He had to be freaking out. He had to be thinking, I, I wanna meet this angel dude. Where's he at? I I'm gonna go lay hands on angel, if you know what I mean. See, we're familiar with the story, but Joseph would have never heard anything like this before. And it says in the Gospel of Matthew that Joseph decided in his heart to divorce her quietly. See, back in this day, an engagement was a marital contract that the only way it could be broken was through a very public divorce that would have shamed Mary. So it says that Joseph, being a righteous man, 
had decided in his heart to divorce Mary quietly. But plot twist, it says that later that night, an angel of the Lord interrupted Joseph's sleep and said, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. Everything about the Christmas story was unknown. How was this all gonna work out? What would people say about them? Joseph didn't get a full download in that dream that night. The angel didn't have time to explain everything to him. Tell me exactly how this happened. Can you go over it one more time? No, there was no record of a conversation between Joseph and the angel. Joseph didn't have all the details. And the truth is, he probably couldn't handle all the details, but he said yes to God anyway. He allowed God to interrupt his plan and change his mind. In fact, over and over in the Bible, we learn that we don't have to understand completely in order to obey God immediately. Now, not only was this unknown to Joseph, it was also very uncomfortable. Remember, they lived in the town of Nazareth, a very small village where everybody knew everybody and they talked about everybody, which meant people would be all up in their business, talking about Mary and Joseph, forming their own opinions about the timing of this baby and their marriage, calling into question Joseph and Mary's reputation and character. See, getting pregnant outside of marriage had extreme consequences back in their day. Mary could have been put to death, and at the very least, they, they could have been thrown out of their community. Still, Joseph decided to say yes to God's plan and to take Mary as his wife. Then things were only gonna get worse because right before Mary was to give birth, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census had to be taken of the entire Roman Empire and everybody had to return to their hometown to register. And since Joseph was from the line of King David, he and Mary had to travel back to Bethlehem on the back of a donkey. So before the promise of the Messiah could be received, they had to travel nearly a hundred miles with Mary riding on that donkey over rocky terrain day after day after day. It was uncomfortable. Then there was no room for them in the end. They had to make do in a stable with stinky animals. <laughs> we, we see these cute little manger scenes sitting on our tables, cute little sheep and shepherds, but I doubt that Joseph and Mary saw it that way. This was hard. And then it only became more difficult after Jesus was born. King Herod heard about this newborn king of the Jews and he went on a rampage, killing every young child in the area. So Joseph and Mary and baby Jesus had to go on the run. They escaped down to Egypt. Think about it, they were immigrants, foreigners in a foreign land with no place to call home. It goes from being uncomfortable to being unbearable. I wonder how many times Joseph struggled with doubt along the way. He, he had to be thinking, God, this is so hard. Why is this happening? If Jesus is your son, then why do we have to be on the run? Why is everything so challenging? A lot of times when things get difficult in life, we have the tendency to question God and to doubt, to ask God, why is this happening to me, to my family? Why do I have to go through this? And maybe that's where you're at this Christmas. Maybe you're wrestling with some of the same doubts that, that Joseph was dealing with. 
asking God some of the same questions? If you are, I would tell you that you're in pretty good company. Sometimes we think we can't ask God the hard questions, but when I read the Bible, I see people like Moses and David and the prophet Jeremiah asking God really hard things, even complaining to God about what they're going through. The point is they turned to God, not away from him. So many times when we go through the hard times, we have a tendency to blame God, to doubt and to, to push away from God, don't we? What we need to do is take our doubts and our questions to God. When things get uncomfortable or even unbearable in life, and you don't know what to do, you can always know where to go. You can run to God. So if you're feeling like Joseph and you're questioning, God, why are you letting this happen to me? Bring it all to God today. Let him take what feels unbearable, that's too heavy for you to carry, and let him give you exactly what you need this Christmas. You know, Mary and Joseph weren't the only ones there that night at the manger. A group of rowdy visitors showed up to celebrate the birth of a king. Have you ever wondered why God decided to announce the arrival of his son to a bunch of random shepherds on the hillside outside of Bethlehem? I mean, think about it. There's only one birth announcement for Jesus recorded in the Bible. Only one invitation from God to anyone to come visit Mary and Joseph and the baby Jesus. And that one invitation, it goes to a bunch of uneducated social and religious outcasts. You know, let me tell you a little bit about these shepherds. They were the last people you'd expect God to take notice of, the most unlikely. First of all, they were considered by most people as religious outcasts. See, according to Jewish law, these men were unclean. Their line of work prevented them from participating in the feasts and the holy days that made up the Jewish religious calendar. Why? Well, because somebody had to, to watch the sheep. When everybody else was making the trip to Jerusalem to make sacrifices at the temple or participate in the annual feasts, they were in the fields watching over their sheep. They couldn't go to worship God, so that night, God came to them. But shepherds were also considered social outcasts. Since they were constantly moving from one pasture to the other, they were looked on with suspicion, often accused of being thieves. If something came up missing, well, it must have been those shepherds that took it. They weren't even permitted to give testimony in legal proceedings because their word was considered untrustworthy. Talk about being looked down upon by everybody, everybody except God. Yeah, so why did God send the angels to these shepherds, the most unlikely people to get an invitation from God? I mean, you would expect an event like the birth of the Son of God to be announced to the most important people in the nation. The political leaders, emperors, governors, rulers, they might be invited to come and pay honor to this newborn king. Or maybe the religious leaders, the priests and the rabbis. Surely they would be invited to the birth of the Messiah, but none of them got the word. None of them were invited. Only these few poor shepherds received this announcement. So why? Why did God do it this way? Why did he send his angels to announce the birth of Christ to these shepherds, to invite them and only them to come and see this child? See, I don't believe it was a coincidence. I believe God wanted to show us something very important about his nature, something very significant about his heart. See, see God has a heart for everybody. 
No matter what others may say or think about them, God loves them. God loves everyone. God's love does not discriminate on the basis of ethnicity or upbringing or what part of town you live in. God doesn't show favoritism to one group of people over another group of people. His love is available to everyone through Jesus Christ. And the fact that God showed up to these unlikely shepherds tells us that everyone is important to God, no matter who they are or what they've done. Let me make that personal. You are important to God, just as you are. He, he sees you, he loves you. Maybe you can relate to these shepherds. Maybe you felt like God has been distant. Maybe your religious practices or the lack of them are kind of like the shepherds. It's been a while, if you know what I mean. Can I tell you, it's okay. God really isn't into religion anyway. He's, he's all about a relationship, a relationship that he wants to have with you. And just like God came close to those shepherds that first Christmas, he comes close to you today to tell you that he loves you and that his love for you is not based on what you have or have not done. He sees you, you're not forgotten. In fact, he's been watching over you, sending people your way to help you find your way. You matter to God. Yeah, notice what the angel said that night. He said, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. See, this good news, this great joy, isn't just for a few people, for the people who have it all together or for those who have made all the right decisions in their life, which by the way, there's none of those people out there. No, this joyful, good news is for everyone who will respond. Don't miss this. When God came to the shepherds that night, he invited them to come and see. It was an invitation, but they had to make a choice. How would they respond to this invitation? See, they could have questioned what they had just heard. They could have doubted it. Do you really think this has happened? I mean, this sounds just too good to be true. Or they could have debated it. I don't know if this Jesus thing is for real. I mean, really? A virgin giving birth? Come on. Who's ever heard of that before? Sure, they could have sat down right there in the middle of that field. They could have doubted it and they could have debated it. And as a result, they would have missed it. Yeah, maybe you've been questioning Jesus, debating if this Jesus thing is for real. Like, can he really make a difference in somebody's life? Can he, can he really make a difference in my life? And as a result, you've been missing out on the hope and the, the joy and difference that he wants to make in your life. Well, the shepherds didn't doubt it and they didn't debate it. They responded with a, let's go and see this thing that has happened. Let's go check it out. And when they did, they found the baby in a manger with his mother and father, exactly as the angels had told them. And it says they went away praising God and telling everybody about what they had experienced because they had experienced God. They said yes to the invitation, come and see. See, when you look at Mary with the fears of the unknown, that she could have said, no way, God, I am not up for this. But her yes opened the door for her to fulfill her purpose and deliver hope to humanity. The same with Joseph. He could have said no to the angel, no to God's plan, but he would have missed out on his purpose. He would have missed out on being a part of the greatest story ever told. But his yes put him right in the middle of history and his divine destiny. And the shepherds, yes, it took them right into the presence of God himself. And your yes to God on this Christmas will do the very same thing for you. See, the same invitation is extended to each one of us this Christmas to come and see, 
Come and see this Jesus who brings good news and great joy for all people, for you. The invitation the angel gave the shepherds that day, it was personal. Today in the town of David, the Savior has been born to you. Jesus came for you, so whether you're facing something unknown in your life like Mary, there is one you can turn to today who knows everything that you need. Or you might be facing an unbearable situation like Joseph, wondering how you're gonna make it through what you're walking through this Christmas. Or maybe you feel like those shepherds, the most unlikely person that God would want to have a relationship with, but that's exactly what he wants. See, Christmas is all about the relationship God wants to have with you, a relationship that is only possible through his son, Jesus. See, when God created Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, the Bible tells us that God created them to be in a relationship with him. But sin came into the world and tore that relationship apart. And when you read through the Bible, you see man constantly trying to be good enough to try to make up for the sin problem. But nothing man could ever do could pay the penalty for sin. So God did what only God could do. He sent his only son to the earth in the form of an innocent baby. Jesus lived a sinless life. He was fully God and yet fully man. And then he went to the cross to pay the punishment for our sin, for your sin, so that you could find your way back to God. And I can think of no better time than Christmas for you to get your relationship with God right. It's really what Christmas is all about. God stepping into our lives so that our lives can be made whole and right again. And all it takes is your yes to God your yes to his invitation to, to come and see. I wanna lead you in a prayer today, a prayer for you to say yes to Jesus. Now, maybe you've grown up knowing the Christmas story, going to church, praying, but you've never really opened your life for Jesus to be the Lord of your life. Today's your day to say yes to him. Would you bow your heads and pray with me today? God, we thank you for the gift of Jesus that we celebrate this Christmas. Thank you that you so loved the world that you gave your only son, that whoever would believe in him would have eternal life. As we continue to pray with every head bowed, if you're here today and you would say, Todd, I wanna have this relationship with God. I want Jesus to step into my life and be the Lord of my life and give me the hope and the joy that he gives. Or maybe you've had a relationship with God in the past, but it's not where it needs to be. And today on this Christmas, you wanna get that relationship right. If that's you, right where you are, and you would say, Todd, include me in this prayer. Would you just lift your hand up? That's it, wherever you are, just hold it up high. We're all gonna pray this prayer out loud together, but those of you with your hands up, I want you to pray it just a little bit louder. Pray this after me. Say, dear Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me of all my sin. I want a relationship with you. Make me a new person from the inside out and I will follow you the best I know how for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thank you again for spending time with us today. If you're looking to take a step in discovering the more that God has in store for you, just text the word podcast to the number 441-441 and select the option that applies to you. And if you enjoyed this message, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. A special thanks to those of you who generously give to all that God is calling us to do together. It's because of you that everything that we do is possible. We'll see you right back here for next week's message.